If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. This is our 50th show. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Hi, Matt Dempsey, psychotherapist. Hi, did we introduce ourselves? I don't know if we did or not. I'm Alec Mappa. I'm an actor and comedian. I live in Hollywood. Who are you? I'm Matthew Dempsey. I'm a multicultural counselor and psychotherapist and a fucking hot mess. <laughs> You're a fucking hot mess. You You know what? I was, you know, it's our 50th uh, show. I know. And, and I've been looking over clips and yes. your hair is always on point. Oh my God. Thank you. I've stepped up my hair game today. <laughs> I actually made an effort. There's spray in it. And there are other times where I literally, you can tell we're in the middle of the pandemic and I've just given up. Listen, you know what I love about your hair is that it just is, it's full of creativity and secrets. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's attached to me. So um, listen, we at our 50th show, it's time to recommit ourselves to the purpose of this show. Yeah. And I want to tell you how it started. Um, uh, Stage 29 does all these podcasts. And remember Mario Yates, who originally yes. produced the show? So he was always rang- he was always wrangling me in to be on somebody's podcast. I was on, um, uh, who's that gorgeous, gorgeous actor who was married to Adina Menzel? Um, he was- Tay Diggs. Um, Tay Diggs. I, I had a Brian- I, Senility has set in. So I did Tay Diggs show and then I did some a housewives show and then I did another show. And I was like, finally, I was like, Mario, just and everybody was like, you should have your own thing. And I said, Mario, just give me my own show. Well, I didn't know that that's actually how it started. I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know what your connection to Stage Twenty Nine and Mario and how right. that even got started. Oh, interesting. right. Okay. Because they were there were always people afterwards going, "Great job! That was really awesome." And I was <laughs> like, I want to. So yeah, they, he said, come up with a pitch for a show. And it was like maybe a year ago, year ago, right before, um, right before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it was, was all about wellness, 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 wellness. And did you ever see that meme about the self-care iceberg? Yeah, no. Where Okay. This is, this is it. I'm going to show it to you. There is a, there's an iceberg uh-huh, and uh-huh, on the, on the uh-huh, top of the uh-huh. surface, oh, okay. it says self-care iceberg. And on the top above the water, you see, um, massages, skincare, bubble baths, spa yeah, days, yeah. exercise. Right. And, and that was like, that's kind of like the Gwyneth Paltrow goop. Yeah. Kind of version of the generic self-care. Yes. So, but below the surface of the iceberg floating beneath is trauma healing, mm-hmm. purging negativity, uh, setting boundaries, getting proper rest, difficult conversations. Love those. Learning from triggers, mm-hmm. purging negativity, trauma healing, letting go of attachments. And I thought that is the real work of wellness. Yeah, it is. It's a hot mess. <laughs> it and, is a hot mess. And you can't talk about wellness, especially when it comes to mental health in this superficial way. Yeah. If you decide to become well, you are going to be, you're going to go through some shit. Yeah. The totally. minute you decide to, it's like detox. Like I haven't had, like I I binge drank all through the pandemic. Right. Because it was all through Black Lives Matter, uh, mm-hmm. Trump, 
mm-hmm. uh, Mike's, you know, raising a black son. And, yeah. and and it started out like me and Jamie would look at each other at four o'clock and it's time for a car too. <laughs> right? Yeah, because, well, especially over the last year where everything just really got magnified more than ever before. But I remember when you reached out to me uh, about yeah. the show. Um, and I had, you had done a, had done a podcast with Calpurnia Adams. Yes. Um, called Nooner. Yes. Yeah, some years mm-hmm. back. And we had known each other just through friends and you had mm-hmm. invited me onto your podcast a couple of mm-hmm. times. And I loved going on. Like, I thought we always just had a great banter back and we forth. We had a great I, time. Yeah. I love just getting to chime in with, you know, any kind of little mm-hmm. <laughs> pearls of wisdom that I could offer. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like a natural flow. So when you reached out to me with the idea that you had about wanting to do this show, I was like, absolutely, let's do this. So right. I, yeah. So I knew I, I knew I wanted to do it. And I, and I love the concept being able to talk about real things like mm-hmm. actual actual self-care actual healing um but also where we can still like laugh and have fun and make jokes yeah and that's yeah. why i chose you that's why i wanted you to do it i figured oh. i'm pretty upfront about all the stuff i've been through i've done a ton of drugs like i'm detoxing from booze right now i, yes. I haven't had any booze in like a, a little uh, under three weeks and um and you look great. You oh, look thank great. You. Thank you. I, I do feel better. Um, the first two weeks were a hot mess. It was right. really like, oh my God, I'm an alcoholic. Because yeah. it was like when you quit smoking. I don't know if you've ever smoked, but when I quit, whenever mm-hmm. I've quit smoking, I've been like, oh my God, I just want a cigarette more than anything. Yeah. And I felt that way. And it was kind of spooky, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. To kind of because uh, you know, with the pandemic, it's like, well, we don't have any place to go tomorrow. I don't have anything I need to show up for. Right. You know, and yeah. so it just became so it wasn't sustainable in the real world is what I'm saying. So, yeah. Um, well, but also like even I, I know for me, too, I've noticed, you know, the the wave of emotions that I've ridden over the past, you know, 15, 16 months mm-hmm. during this whole pandemic has been intense. I mean, even just a few months ago, I was going through kind of a bit of a depression. Like we were doing shows and I was feeling depressed. But I like, know. But and I could tell. And, I could tell yeah, at the top of the know. show. It's kind of like. But trying. Yeah. But like. Yeah. Trying, there wasn't yes. as much of a twinkle in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. But you know what? Honestly, one of the things that. I mean, just finding some kind of baseline structure and consistency for me to get through certain things mm-hmm. and a little bit of my outlets, you know, has was helpful and make even just having this show that we would do every week, mm-hmm. where at times it felt really challenging to show up for it because I felt like yes. I didn't have the energy, but yes. also, you know, showing up and, and you know, kind of just doing my best and having some kind of creative outlet during mm-hmm. a pandemic like that has was really helpful for me. Yes, and I, you know, that's, this is the whole point of the podcast is we want to help people. And yeah. I've said it before, I struggled with depression for years and I never got any meds yeah. because, uh, or I, and I didn't reach out for help because I felt that would have been weak. Like yeah. I was really, I was raised by really stoic parents and they were just like, tough it out. Yeah. And I would always be depressed six weeks out of the year. And then it was just getting heavier and heavier and heavier yeah. as I got older until finally I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, it's not normal for me to feel hopeless all the time. Right. It's not, it's, it doesn't, I don't, you don't like that word normal, but it didn't <laughs> feel, it didn't feel right if as long if there was an option for me not to feel the way I was feeling all the yeah. time, I was ready. Yeah, I was like, I'm ready to do this. No, totally. I mean, if there's ever kind of an imbalance of what our just kind of like baseline is, then of course we want to check in on that and see whatever things we can do to to help. I know for me that when I'm when I'm like really kind of going through it, if I feel like insecure, if I'm feeling lonely, if I'm feeling depressed, finding some way of of doing something creative, like whether it's working on a video or even just getting to show up for this, is really helpful for me. How much does 
any kind of creative expression for you, whether it's kind of like doing comedy or doing this show or anything, how much does that actually, is that almost kind of like treatment for you, for your mood, for depression? For me? Oh, yeah. definitely. Because I always need to feel useful. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, oh God, nobody needs me. I'm not doing anything. My kid's in his room all day. Yeah. Um. So I started doing fundraisers on Instagram to raise money for Which um, were great, nurses. by the way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that kind of, uh, just kind of helping out yeah really lifted my spirits in ways and I did it for months yeah you know and um and everybody was I was really moved by how generous everybody was with their time and showed up and yeah you know I had Billy Porter and Michelle Massage you I mean you pulled in Kathy a lot Griffin. of incredible people yeah yeah you just did, I mean it was for such an incredible cause so how do you find oh this is something that I actually sometimes struggle to know what the right balance is anytime I'm like kind of making a thing mm -hmm. how do you find that balance where you know that the main reason why you're doing something is just an expression of things that in interest you or inspire you versus trying to like pump out a product and prove that you're worthy. Oh, I think that the difference is, okay, the difference is I, uh, all right, like this thing what we're mm -hmm. doing right now. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, it's uh, the building of a podcast is slow. Yes. You know, and they, they've come back to us and showing it. Your numbers are growing, but it's slow. Right. But to me, like if we just did this and it was just us talking with friends about mental health and I wanted to be successful, I want, you know, yeah. I wanted to go further. But to me, it's the doing of it. Yes. I'm not doing this to get famous. I'm not doing this for money right. yet. I'd like a lot of money. I'd like a Peloton. <laughs> Peloton wants to, uh, you know, I want a whole bunch of sponsors, the whole Megilla. It would be great if we the could commodify this. Yeah. But to me, I know the difference is when I do a show or a television show and nobody watches it, I'm disappointed. It's like, oh, I'm doing that because I want to, you know, increase my brand or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know? totally. And and this is kind of like, I'm, this is this is a labor of love is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, there's definitely times where I've, you know, made videos for social media, you know, just kind of put out my own like mental health stuff or whatever. And there are times where I feel like I'm, so, I can feel myself being attached to like, I need people to like this, I need people to respond to this, right? Mm -hmm. For me to feel like, okay. And then there are other times where I'm like, I feel so fucking in flow and so right about the thing that I'm saying right now that I stand behind it so much. I do not care how many people respond to this because I know I put out exactly what needed to be put out. And like that for me is, is the difference of like making sure that the creativity is inspired from the right place and the intention is right. Right, right. I mean, it's kind of like, okay, like I had my Showtime special, like comedy yeah. special. I came out in uh, Showtime, I don't know, 2017, something mm -hmm. like that, 2016. Um, it was received well, but usually when you do a comedy special on a cable network, you get a whole bunch of sitcom offers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crickets. Nothing. Oh, no. And I was just kind of like, oh, I was furious. And I was talking to my therapist and he was like, well, why'd you do it? Yeah. Well, why'd you do it? I said, well, I wanted to get it out there. He goes, well, did you get it? Why did you want to get it out there? I said, because I wanted to tell the story of my family. Yeah. And he said, did you do that? And I said, yes. And he goes, well, then it's super successful. Yeah. And then one day, Jamie and I were walking down the street and a car came moving up to us really, really slow. Yeah. And then the window rolled down. We we're like, oh, no, what's this? What's going on? <laughs> and the guy said, hi, are you Alec Mop and Jamie? I said, yeah, I got a baby in the back. And I was like, did you kidnap this baby? What's going on? <laughs> he said, I watched your special 
And I start, I finally made the steps to become a foster oh. dad. And this is the kid. And I, and I was like, well, that's why I did it. Yeah. So that, that to me kind of like, that was the universe telling me just shut up. You know I mean? Totally. You're doing, yeah. you're doing good in the world and yeah, blah, blah, blah. But when I, you know, so I went in, I pitched this to stage 29 I, mm -hmm. and I said, it's a hot mess too. Wellness is a hot mess. Yeah, mental health, mental health is a hot mess. And I want to talk about the real stuff with people. And I want to bring in a real um, uh, therapist, mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, somebody with bona fides and you with your master's degree and everything. And, and I'd had you on the show and I liked hanging out with you. And then I went to your house and we did that thing about yes. racist gay guys. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought <laughs> this guy is, it is um, doing the work. Oh, I was like, he's Alex. a gay white guy and he, but he's, he's doing the work and, you. and you were, you just seem really conscious. And they said yes right away. And uh. we started doing this in June. Yes. And that's, that's how. Well, we were supposed, if this. you remember, we were going to be starting in April, but then of course the entire world shut down. Oh so God. then we had to wait a few months and they had to figure out how they were even going to do it. Like how yes. we were even going to, and then that's how we're doing this all on, you know, yeah. on Zoom. And we stuff, would have so. had to go there to the studio every yeah, day i, I mean, know every Could you Thursday, imagine? We, we would have had to draw what a nightmare <laughs> i mean it's all worked out <laughs> yeah it has <laughs> it's so much more convenient but i feel like our care chemistry was there right from the beginning i feel like you're yeah. so comfortable now like you you started out maybe just kind of little like kind of feeling your way through oh, i was very nervous i mean yeah. you know i i I'm pretty good about, I know how to say yes to things. If I feel scared about things, I know that's a good indication that it's probably something I should try yeah. and just kind of do um, regardless of what happens. And I've done tons of things where I just like totally fucking flopped, but whatever. Yeah. So I know how to do that, but I still went into it being scared, uh, you know, cause you want to do a good job. You want to make sure that yeah. you're, you're offering something that you're contributing and whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and here we are. No, you were you were great from the start. Uh, I was, but you know what? I really knew I loved you. Was we had to do that thing? We had to do the doctors for yeah. stage twenty nine. Yeah. Now this is you know everybody who has a podcast is stage twenty. They're all lovely, lovely people. Yeah. But um, Matt and I were put into this Zoom waiting room with all of the other hosts from no. stage twenty nine. And no, 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 no. I don't think this is the thing we can No, talk no, about. no. This is on me because I'm an introvert and I hate new people. And you're my comfort zone. You're like, like it was it was like a riding I'm at a party. I'm introverted too, though. It was like a ride. Your face is so red right now. I it know, because like, I know what story you're going to tell. No, it was like, it was like arriving at a party where you don't know anybody and I see you and I'm like, yeah. okay, you were, my, you were like my life raft that I swam out to. And then I, we... Yeah, we produced. I said, I said, virtually clung to each other. I said to Mario, the thing, can you put us someplace else, please? Can you, can you us give us a private room? Yeah. <laughs> because everybody was, because everybody was so lovely and just so engaging and so chatty, but like, you know, nobody knows each other. So it's all like surface yeah. conversation, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I, this, I'm, t I'm an introvert. I'm terrible. Yeah. I'm terrible at these yeah. kinds of conversations. Yeah. Get us yeah. out. And so Mario saved us. <laughs> And then we were in this other room together. Uh, we were like, oh, uh, thank God. Yeah, just talking to each other. L is other people. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've had like incredible guests. I we mean, have a like really great guests. Um, really like Friday ones. from the start, Sandra yes. Bernhardt came on, uh, and we were both so nervous. Very nervous. Like, I'm trying I to talk with, politics to Sandra Bernhardt. Like, I know. who the fuck am I? <laughs> I know. I worked with Sandra, like, you know, but it, it, we have this thing, like, in LA, like, I do you know him? Are you friends? I said, we're like benefit friends. We're like yeah. fundraiser friends. Like, I yeah. see them at fundraisers. We'll do these things. We'll perform together. And that's, but we haven't ever really talked. Yeah, like and that's what, friends. yeah, that's what Sandra was like. And then yeah. um, Isaac Mizrahi. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Alec Baldwin. I mean, yeah. That was I mean, like next level. Come on. That was next level. And it was a fun interview. But afterwards, I was like, I am drenched. Oh, I was sweating I was, the whole time. <laughs> I was sweating the whole time. It was like, I just want daddy to like me. Yeah, I just I want know. daddy to love me. I was like, I want to ask good questions, but I certainly don't want to cross a line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about political people, you know, yeah, and he I was know. like, yeah, a really heavy hitter. Good um, for us. You know, we really yeah. hung in there. We've really given our best for some Is that my guests. dog or your dog? Is that my dog? Oh, this would be a perfect way to uh, to introduce this part. Okay, I don't so, have a dog. So okay, they're always so your dogs. We, <laughs> I tape out of my house. Either I'm I'm either in the kitchen or I'm currently in my bedroom right now, and you will inevitably hear a dog, yes. um, uh, barking in the background, and it, it yes. happens on the show. It's our third co-host. Um, so uh, I'd like to play a clip here, uh, the, um, when Ross Matthews was on. <laughs> And his dog just went bananas. This was it's it's just it's just part of like doing a podcast. Like this is why they wanted us at Paramount. Okay, here we go. What did she teach you about that? What were those lessons? Well, she taught me to be good. She taught me to be true to myself. She taught me from the very beginning. And you may be hearing my gardener who's right outside my window right now. Which <laughs> is just, isn't that the way the world works? <laughs> yes. 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 White lady for, problems. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Uh, the leaf blower situation happening. Um, <laughs> She, my mom raised me with, uh, I think, the key to success, which she always sort of made me feel like, why not me? As opposed to why me? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people right. sort of uh, criticize their kids to the point that kids think, what? do you hear the leaf bower? That is so mm-hmm. loud. I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Uh, should I do the thing where I ask him to move? Or, <laughs> and now well, the dogs I mean, he'll eventually him. stop blowing. Yeah. Oh I mean, it's God. perfect. This is called nickel, that much for a reason. Like, <laughs> that. All right. This is the one time I wanted somebody to stop. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you. Now the dog here, understand kids. See, no, now normally someone who wasn't well balanced would freak out in a moment like this. But my mother made somebody very well balanced. Enough! <laughs> down daddy loves you but stop it see this is what we love about the hot mess podcast it's all about authentic emotions and experiences yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he starts out talking about very like important health health stuff no specifically then- talks about how to stay cool and know how to go in the flow with life yeah, and his mom yeah. taught him that and then, and and then, then he then, breaks the fuck out on his dog i know 
and then and then loses it. Okay, this is the other <laughs> clip I want to talk about because it happened while um, Miss Coco Peru, world famous drag queen, is uh, trying to uh, uh, t- tell us something. And we'll uh, and we'll just listen to it. And you'll find out what happens. It's really I beg for them to keep this on the show. So when I stood up, what was amazing was that um, I was looking around the shower, thinking, "Who is screaming like that?" Mm-hmm. And and. I can look back now and say that um, I hear someone. <laughs> I think it's Alex's dog. <laughs> it's my dog. Hold on one second. <laughs> it I knew like, it was, I thought, but I wasn't going to say anything because I, <laughs> I, I. I hate to say it, but I thought like I'm telling this really horrifying story, and someone's like getting off to it. <laughs> no, it's like, Alex's dog snoring. Someone's let's, totally masturbating while I'm talking about dying. Let's please keep this in the podcast. My dog is fast asleep. I just put a blanket over her. She was oh snoring, and I didn't think anybody could hear it. All right. Alex dogs my, off and make an appearance my on the show. near-death so. experience, and I'm getting upstaged by a dog. <laughs> by a this tweet. is the story of my life, my I darling. Know. Oh, I know. <laughs> terrible anyway <laughs> oh my god she was talking wait, about wait, wait, a wait. near a near-death experience and my dog was nearby and started snoring throughout the entire like, thing like in the middle of the story of the trauma the trauma yeah. that she experienced and then just a pregnant pause trying to figure out what that <laughs> groaning sound it, it was, was like uh, <laughs> uh, oh my gosh but you oh had what were you have some uh you 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 uh pick some funny moments yeah, that I mean, you enjoyed. I, lo- I, I loved when <laughs> Melinda Ackerman came on and she was talking about being the retainer girl from school because, like, I related to that. Like, oh, not- that was that yes. was a window into your uh, your unfortunate childhood. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let's, why don't we go ahead and play that one? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're yeah. like the new kid every single year. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Wow, that's yeah. It has its yeah. pros and cons. It has yeah. cons with the other girls because they hate you. Right. Um, mm. Pros with the boys because you're their new girl on the block. Right. By the way, I was not like the hot new girl on the block. I was mm-hmm. the boobyless, um, like, like um, retainer girl. So turned on right now. <laughs> I wore glasses and a retainer and corrective shoes all yeah. at the same time. <laughs> I used to kick my own ass at lunch. <laughs> I had a headgear that I wore to school. So I was not, I was like. You did? I, yeah, I had oh, wow. friends. I hung out with the guys because they were easier to hang out with. Yeah. But it was kind of like that weird in between. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would also make the girls hate you. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Well, that's so funny. It was easier for me to hang out with the girls as a gay guy growing up. Yeah, so me too. I get it. It's yeah, always easier with somebody different. Yeah. I, did you I, have headgear, Matthew? I didn't have headgear, but I did have big old braces that mm. I would, you know, color coordinate with the season. So orange and black for Halloween, <laughs> red and green for Christmas. That was really, really cool. And nice. I had glasses. <laughs> that was a real shining moment for me in life. And you're both supermodels now. So there's a very, that, that was like a, that was like an Ugly duckling story. I mean, you know, Malin Ackerman is like one of the most beautiful actresses. Oh my god, and a beautiful person too. In she the was world, so just gorgeous and lovely. And yeah. it, it's it's fun because um, you know, I'm just kind of begging everybody I've ever worked with to just be on the show. Yes. Um, and they're they're hilarious. Um yeah. oh, we had this is this is okay. Yeah, what's know. the next Let, one? What's the next one? I'm gonna save number five for last. Just okay, because that that's a real classic. Okay. Me. okay. All right. This one's really good. This was um uh, with uh, 
Bob the Drag Queen, who <laughs> came on him. the show, yeah. who was the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race. And I love, I love getting to know him. He's kind of like, what you see is what you get. Yeah, and, um, he's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, Bob the Drag Queen, if we could uh, line this one up. You know, I'm in the weird position of being an Asian person who sometimes people feel they can be racist in front of me. And but it happens more to my husband. Our son is black, and we were at a, a playground in Pasadena when he y'all was are six. really the cast yeah. of Cinderella. We are, we are. And so uh, my my son was six years old. And he was on the swings, and my my husband was sitting next to this Chinese woman. He goes, I, she said, I like this uh, park in Pasadena. It's so much better than the one at Altadena because there's just too many black people, and um, there's too many black kids, and I get worried. And then my husband just looked at her like, uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Two seconds later, our black son runs up to him. Papa, 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 did you see me? And my son, my white husband's hugging him and kissing him, and he just looks at the woman. And she basically crumpled up into, yeah. like, a leaf and just blew like, away. As you should have. I wish yeah. that so as your son ran up, your, your husband would go, oh, my God, they're here. <laughs> Run! They're here! They heard you! They heard you! I know. <laughs> 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 oh, he's great. Oh my God, he's so good. He you want to introduce the next one? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love, like, the, I loved when we were talking to Cola Scola. I remember just a great conversation. And I'm trying to like chime in about how we talk positively to ourselves. And then it kind of went off the rails. Let's, let's look at oh, that one. Oh, that happened quite a bit on the show. <laughs> yes. I felt like uh, I, I love being a victim. I know it can kind of feel like, oh, I love being a victim or I love, you know, all, you this know, is the, an intervention the drama call, Listen it. carefully. It's, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's far more helpful and effective for us to be able to understand that it's not about being a victim. Like we don't love being a victim or we're not being drama queens just for the sake of it. We're trying the best we can with whatever tools that we have. They yes. might be less effective strategies for us to get to a place where we can feel secure, but the intention is to get to a place to feel secure. And that's what we all want. So that's a yeah. very normal, functional, healthy intention. The strategy is just off. And I think that that's an important distinction to make because if we're beating ourselves up like that, <laughs> that we can't hate ourselves into a version we'll love. I mean, are you sure? Wait, are yeah. you sure? <laughs> Wait, you know, you're, because... you're speaking to two artists here because that's not how it works. That's where our best work comes from. I'm always outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> you had a similar, you had a similar, oh um, uh, a moment with Naomi Perrigan. Yes. I want to play. Yeah, it's, let's check it out. It's, it's really about uh, the kind of self-talk we have in our heads. Yes, yeah. I mean, okay, so this is what I would say to that. It's just to be really aware of how you're talking to yourself. You know, it's really important for us to know what that kind of internal narrative is. And listen, you're a writer, so great. This is a chance to do like a scriptory <laughs> write, even though it could be maybe funny to yourself, maybe how you're, you know, kind of cutting yourself down or joking with yourself. Wait, wait, so are you saying I shouldn't call myself a stupid bitch? Is that a medical opinion? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Wait a second. Wait a minute. How can I switch that narrative? <laughs> Change the narrative. <laughs> oh my god it cracks me up it cracks really me does. up like no i shouldn't be calling myself a stupid bitch but it's kind of like you you've kind of busted us on the show a bunch of times like um 
like one time when Wendy McClendon Covey was on, yes, that was Naomi Perrigan, who's a brilliant um, comic, and she's Hysterical. on a two, uh, she's on Two Dub Queens quite a bit, and she does stand up. She's so funny. Yeah. Um, one time, Wendy and I were talking, and then you kind of like, I'm gonna stop you both. I'm hearing a <laughs> lot of negative self talk. <laughs> <laughs> which is di- which is difficult for entertainers, especially comedians, because I know that that's such a big part of, you know, getting to like right. laughs and everything. Right. And I, I've always been so curious. One of my very good friends, Jimmy Fowley, Fowley, who's also a comedian. I asked him, I was like, what's the what's the trick there? How do you how can you do that and also make sure that you're preserving a positive sense of yourself? He's like, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> so it's like, I don't you know what? I, I was talking about that with my therapist this week. He's like yeah. the voices in your head are really mean. Yeah. The way you you hold yourself up to a, a really impossible standard. Yeah. I mean, higher than anybody else's. You're generous with your time with everybody. But when it comes to yourself, you're kind of, I yeah. said, who's that voice? I said, well, clearly it's my dad. And he goes, well, let's work on that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, whenever I'm asked, you know, that's that's me not getting um, psychiatric help when I'm needed. Yeah. It was me not asking for medicine when I needed it. Because the voices in my head are like, come on. Get yeah. your shit together. How yes. much rope do you need to pull it together? Because we're near a Home Depot. I mean, listen, and I speaking, can buy you some. <laughs> speaking of getting your shit together, that makes me think of one thing: stretch receptors. Okay. Oh my God. This is Dr. <laughs> Ian Smith from. This is Dr. Ian Smith from The Doctors, which is also produced by Stage Twenty Nine, getting roped into a very homoerotic. One of our most hysterical moments in my opinion. unintentionally. So let's line that up. Church giggles. <laughs> Your stomach has in the lining, Yes, they're called stretch receptors. So when your stomach expands when you're eating, mm. it triggers the stretch receptors, which send a message to your brain and say, whoa, 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 slow down. I'm getting full, right? I'm getting full. <laughs> and when you're fully stretched, you're like, that's it, no more. My, my stomach's full, right? So when you eat really fast, this is what happens. Um. You go, boom. But uh-huh. you're eating so much food that you don't give it a chance for this to work and send a message to your brain. And so <laughs> when you eat fast, you override stretch receptors. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Ian, you're talking to two gay men talking about your stretch receptors. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, is it getting hot? Are you guys hot? Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> I, I was wondering why you guys are... No, it was like, this is like that song, Killing Me Softly. (laughs) You're just telling me my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) You can see like the minute he starts saying, you you have these stretch receptors, like I'm (sighs) full. And then he was like, he had his gesture with his hands, like he was pulling his hands apart. Yes, yes. Getting bigger and bigger. He was expanding. And then I saw saw a twinkle in your eye, like you were trying to hold it together. And the minute I I saw you laughing about it and I knew that we were laughing about the same thing. I was like, why am I trying to hold it together? Lost it. Why am I? This is just... Oh my God! And yeah, it was just... and then and then not too long after that, actually, I think we we were guests on the doctors, and I think on I brought doctors. that up, and I'm not sure that that's something that can air on network TV. <laughs> <laughs> he, and they want to have us on again. Oh and they've had well, us on like three well, times. I know. That's on them. <laughs> oh my God! It was just like the stretch receptors, and oh uh, my God, and just like, and he just went on and on I and loved on. It. He and just it, he kept digging into his description. I loved it. I oh loved it. my God! And we've. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the show is like when it when it takes I love it when shit happens like yeah. I never get the intro right yeah. I'm <laughs> 
<laughs> We've been doing. I still haven't figured out how to use this microphone. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Every week we're readjusting the microphone. Every week, every it's week. It's so good. I mean, okay. So all of those are our hysterical, funny, mm-hmm. comedic mm-hmm. moments. And on mm-hmm. top of that, we also have the depth and the meaning too, right? Yes. So yes. Um, we have uh, some other guests too. One of my favorite was uh, Daniel, I and mean, I love that he taught us how to say it from yes. AC. Like you know, if you know, if uh, if you're really hot in the summer, but you're too broken, you don't have air conditioning. You go and use your friend's AC. Friends so. AC. <laughs> Dan- Daniel Friends AC, who yes. played, uh, uh, who was in Mean Girls and yeah. looking on HBO, had a great message for us. So let's yeah, line that did. up. Let's take a look. Or in the 10th anniversary of Mean Girls, it was like the first big time that Mean Girls was being acknowledged as like a classic, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it had been an old movie up until the 10th anniversary. And then it mm-hmm. became like this like standalone, like, you know, whatever. And um, I got a letter from someone who said, I don't know if you're gay or not, and it doesn't matter. And I was like, oh my God, it matters so much. And then it was, and then I was like, I'm going to come out. And then I kept reading and he said, I don't know if you're gay or not, it doesn't matter. But when I was in middle school, I was in eighth grade, I was beat up for being chubby and tortured for being a sissy. And then your movie came out. And then on the first day of my freshman year in ninth grade, the popular senior girls in the school walked up to me and said, you're like Damien, come sit with us. And he was like, thank you. He was like, thank you so much for giving me something in media that I could point to and say, that's me and be proud. And uh, changed my high school career and I'm forever grateful. And it was so I powerful. I just got chills. Yeah, I got chills and my me eyes too. are welling up yeah. a little bit. It was bit. so powerful yeah. to me. I just couldn't handle it. And I came out in this letter to Damien. See? Uh, I got goosebumps again. I got yeah. chills on that. See, but that's when we know we're doing the right thing. Yeah, that's like you were saying, you know, it's like you yeah. never really know the lives you impact. And then, you know, on the rare occasion that you actually hear from from any of them, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, my God, it's so impactful. It's, it's in, yeah, and it's, you know, everybody's great. I mean, the, yeah. the guests we've had have been uniformly kind of like wonderful. Um, yes. We had um, Alaska yeah, uh, Alaska Thunderfuck from RuPaul's Drag Race, winner of um, All Stars, which I will be guest starring on. Yay! On season six. Yeah, let's hear. And she had some uh, uh, some uh, poignant things to say as well. Let's yeah. hear from Alaska. So I became like really way more private about mm. my real life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and not wanting to just put everything out on the table and just becoming like really protective of the like squishy human being that was behind the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then it, then it was like, and then, I mean, as far as like outwardly, I just completely absorbed it and owned it and said, yes, I am. I am the snake queen bitch. So I'm, I'm, I'm a nasty fucking monster so i so so i'm gonna write nasty fucking monster on a t-shirt and sell it to you you know so it was like (laughs) ownership it sounds like ownership yeah right i had to completely own it because it was like it was no surprise to me the way i was acting on on that show i just had never done it on that show so so no one had been introduced to it publicly but like i know i know i'm a 
I'm a crazy, I'm a fucking, I'm a monster <laughs> to myself no, but, all the time. But like I, the two things that stand out to me about that one is boundaries, making sure that you're not giving yeah. everything of who you are out to everybody, you mm-hmm. know, with, with like no boundary at all. You created that boundary. So you only offered now very consciously what you wanted to. And then the yeah. other part of that too, was you were rewriting your own fucking narrative, right? It's like, don't right. let somebody else pick up your pen when writing your story. And so you took it right. you worked with what you had, whatever the mess was there in the moment and you put a spin on it and you were then able to move forward with that too. I think both of those strategies are amazing. I love the word squishy. There's I do too. Of, I love that word. Kind of, uh, that's, uh, that's so great. It, there's yeah. self-knowledge in that about vulnerability and yes. something squishy is should not be exposed. It has to be taken care of. And yes. I love that. That changed, that changed that that changed things for me when she said squishy because it really? was such an accurate description yes. of everybody has like everybody's squishy. Everybody yeah. has like their tender parts and yes. their sensitive parts that need to be um cherished or taken care of or yeah. yeah. Squishy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I love that, you know, she came on Alaska's this fierce drag queen. She seems fearless and everything. And talking about really vulnerable stuff is, yeah, is the fully sweet spot there. of the show. Fully went there and exposed to Squishy. Yeah, I love <laughs> that. Okay, yeah. this is one more. And because yeah, this one was especially uh, touching to me because we were in the middle of the pandemic. And yes. you could, this is, in this clip, I look like crap. I it's Clearly, I've given up on everything. And... Um, uh, and this Sweden. is in, yeah, and, she, and this is Jody talking. What we were just talking about at the yeah. start of the show about you know how you can you know make sure that you're doing things for the right reasons, not attached to kind of productivity. Right. Yeah. This, this was is a great perfect. One. Yeah. Okay. This this sums up everything. One of the things that I do to myself is attach my self worth to what I'm producing, yes. what I'm what's what what is being tangibly done mm-hmm. instead of remembering that my my worth exists. As I sit still, yes. Regardless, my worth does not change. It's inherent. Who it's I am does not change. Again. That's all. That is an Oprah moment. That's what we all need to hear right now. Yes. It's a Jody moment. Yeah. Your worth <laughs> is in you sitting still. Yeah. Yeah. Your worth. Your worth is immutable. Yes. It does not change. It does not alter based on what you have, who you are, what you're producing, mm-hmm. what your job is. None of that is inherent in your self worth. Yep. It might add to it, but it cannot it cannot take away from that inherent self-worth of your human experience. Right. Mm. I mean, uh, I love it. Immutable. That's, that was your favorite word, right? Immutable it? squishiness. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 because like during the pandemic, we had everything taken away, all yeah. the identifiers. I'm this, I'm that. And then like, when we went into lockdown, everybody's like, well, I'm going to learn how to make sourdough or <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to write a screenplay. They were all, I felt like there was a, a consistent cry out to be extraordinary or yes. to achieve oh something. My God. And it yes. was kind of like, like you guys were going through an unprecedented time. There's yes. a deadly virus out there that we can't. I mean, there've been deadly viruses before, certainly, sure. but this is yes. like we're all in lockdown. This is collective experience. And I kind of like in the middle of the pandemic, I was really like, who am I? What am I doing? Why yeah. am I here? And then Same. to hear her say that. Yeah. Totally. And her talking about inherent, you know, inherent worth. As I sit here, this is what makes me worthy. Anything else is just extra. That's icing on the cake. But this cake is already baked. Right. I mean, that is that's and it's we have to remind ourselves of that. Yeah. I mean, if ever there was a time for us to really kind of be like shaken down to our baseline to feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, to not 
be able to do anything, not just because we were limited in terms of like maybe resources or anything, but because we just didn't have the the kind of the psychological and emotional bandwidth to even be able to do some of these things. So our asses were like planted down, most of us, you yeah. know? And so it really forced us to have to like chill, get still and see how much we can love ourselves even in that moment when we're not spinning our wheels and hustling. And, and to be comfortable with the stillness. Yes. I yeah. think so many of us were not yeah. comfortable with the stillness. We're not mm. comfortable with the inactivity. We're not comfortable. It was, it was uncomfortable. It was a lot. It was a lot. I, the entire pandemic, I kept saying, I can't wait to feel how strong this is making me now. That's how I was framing it. Cause really? I knew it, yeah, I knew it felt like shit. I knew it was hard, but I also knew those were the growing pains hmm. that would make me stronger at the other end of it. And like, yeah. But I mean, I it, sh- it shook us of attachments. For me personally, the growth is about post-pandemic because yeah. it's like, like I said, pandemic turned me into a binge drinker and now I can't mm-hmm. do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So I got to clean up my act in order to face the world again. I ate in a restaurant yesterday and I nearly had a bur- nervous breakdown. Like yeah. I was in a diner and I was like, let's do it. We got it. And I was like, I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. I'm. Yeah. Those are the things that I need to start doing again. Otherwise, I'm just going to be somebody who stays home forever. Well, also, I mean, first of all, I think that's a, com- a common experience for all of us as we're like stepping back out into the world. The way that I've kind of described it is it's kind of like, like everybody's really excited, like, oh, I can't wait to get out there and like do all the things and be social. And it's it's kind of like akin to somebody who has broken their leg. And let's say it was really bad and they were in a oh. cast for 15 months and then they get their cast off and they're like, yes, I can't wait to go outside and run around. Like that's your leg no. is atrophied. Like you need to <laughs> give it, you need to give it a moment to really kind of like start healing up. So I think we're all in a bit of that space, but what is great about what you're describing for yourself is that you've made the decision to remove alcohol from your life for an hour anyway, yeah. and yeah, to challenge some of those, those stresses and anxieties um, yeah. so that you can, you know, grow through them. Well, it's the, you know, when the thing you're doing to deal with your problem becomes the problem, yeah, you've got a problem, <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, and I want to. Trying to set a good example for my yeah, son. Yeah. But you know, this is the thing. The show is about like, if you're uncomfortable, if you're in a bad space right now, if you're not feeling it, you're not alone. Nope. You're not in the age of Instagram and social media where everybody's kind of putting their bets face yes. forward. Their highlight or, reel. They're putting yeah, their, their highlight, highlight reel out You're there. watching everybody's highlight reel. Oh my yeah. God, they're in Mexico or they've lost weight or, yeah. you know, it's kind of, you're seeing a, a, a nanosecond of somebody's version of themselves. Yeah. It's, it's really easy for you to feel isolated and alone and like, mm-hmm. I'm so embarrassed by yeah. my problems. And it just kind of like making yourself feel worse for feeling bad. Yeah. Is a, a really vicious cycle that I've gotten caught into at times. Yeah, totally. That's what uh, that's why I love doing this show, because we get to come on here even when we're maybe muscling our way through some of our own shit coming I on know. and giving the best we had to give, but I like know. being honest about it along the way too. So if you're listening to us for the very first time, thank you for listening. And don't forget to download and subscribe. I mean, to the fastest growing mental health podcast <laughs> in the universe. Um, we, our, our brilliant producer, Stephanie, came up with an idea um, that we're going to do right now. You and I, yes. we're going to read um, DMs 
from our listeners. And we yes. love hearing from you. Yes, this is this is the hot mess. So we want this to be a comfortable space yes. for everybody to feel normal here. And that's why we love hearing from you yes. so that we're all participating. This is, this is a safe space. It but um, here, here's the thing, Matthew, neither one of us have ever seen these. Before. We haven't seen these DMs. This is the first time that we're getting to read them. So all right. we're going to so do this in real time. In real time. All right, so our first DM is from Jeff. He says, hey, you guys are so great together. I discovered your podcast a few weeks ago and have been binging and loving ever since. I just want to say thank you. Thanks for filling my airspace, heart, and mind. You have me laughing and most of all, thinking. P.S. I just finished Trixie and I agree. She said a billion things I needed to hear. Yay! Oh, I love that. See, See that's like that's just like another moment. You know, it's See? we don't really get to hear directly sometimes unless we're on our DMs. It's so nice. Okay, read the right. next one. Our next message is from Steven. He says, hey guys, I just wanted to thank you so much for this podcast. I'm a little late to the game, but I've been listening for about three weeks now and working my way into listening to all of them. I live inside my head a lot and the advice that both of you give has not cured me of my anxiety, but has helped me manage it in healthier ways. Being a fellow empath, I totally get all the feels of this program. And I just wanted to reach out and tell you both how much I appreciate your hard work that this podcast entails. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Hearts, hearts, hearts. Oh, <laughs> Stephen, yeah. mm. like it's um, that's that's like that's really gratifying because we do yes. this every week, and I don't know if anybody's listening. Yeah, so, <laughs> I know. So, so when they tell, I mean, it like fills our tank, right? Yeah, when they tell us the you know the numbers that I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I get to read this last one. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. By the way, if you want to write us, DM us at the Hot Mess Pod or at Stage Twenty Nine Podcasts. DM us, we'd love to hear from you. So here we go. This is from Gil. <clears throat> Dear Alec and Matthew, I'm not one to write fan letters or to reach out to anyone unknown. I'm far too introspective and self-conscious to make those kinds of leaps. But I would like you both to know that I fell in love with your podcast the moment I discovered it. Aww. It's funny, smart, shocking, relevant, makes me laugh out loud, and always leaves me feeling better about myself. Oh. Your podcast with Miss Coco Peru was exhilarating. Never has a narrative caused me to pull over to the side of the road and listen to an interview as if my life depended on it. It was truly an exquisite story to experience. As a gay married man and father of two, I'm always overwhelmed with the lanes when the lanes of LGBTQ plus visibility and experiences are expanded. Mm. This podcast is indeed doing its part to save the world one queer story at a time and has also, as my husband can attest, given me the mantra, I'm not so bad. Oh, <laughs> it's such a good one. It's such a good mantra. I love I'm that. Thank so you. Bad. Oh, it's you such know, a good one, Alec. I, I love it. And I think it's the reason why it resonates with everybody is because we can all fucking relate to that where we're, you know, doubt ourselves and be, you know, our, our harshest critic. And mm -hmm. to just have that new kind of just like, you know, kind of funny quip of, uh, you know, I'm not so bad is, is so helpful. Do you know what it is with the, okay, this is my hot message for the day. Usually you go first, but I'm, uh, this is, this, yeah, this, 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 this is, this segues. Um, <laughs> this tracks, uh, I'm not so bad when I say that it always makes me laugh because yeah. it's funny, mm -hmm. but it also really quiets the critic in my head. Mm. With, you know, because the critic in my head is 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 really mean. It's really harsh. It's impatient. It's demanding. Has very little sympathy for me. And when I say I'm not so bad, it's kind of like what you're saying really isn't the truth. It's not mm. the whole truth about who I am. 
Yeah. You know, yes. I'm not, I may, I may have missed the mark. I may have made done things or said things today that I want to do better tomorrow, but mm -hmm. I'm not the worst person in the world. I'm totally. not so bad. I'm still, I'm still worthy. I'm still lovable. I'm still uh, worthy of engagement. You know, I'm not so bad. <laughs> you're not so bad. I think you're spectacular. Oh, thank you. Yes. What's your hot message for the day? Oh, God. Um, I guess my hot message, even just kind of thinking about like, you know, I just want to honor this podcast and the role that it plays in my life. It's some opportunity for me to get to, you know, hang out with people that I love um, mm -hmm. and also get to have fun and, and do something a little creative. And I know that that has been effortful for me at times, especially emotionally when it's been hard, but mm -hmm. we can do hard things. And, you know, when we are really in the right space and we have the energy for it to nudge ourselves a bit, because it really can fill up our tanks. Fill up your tank, fill up your tank. That's so great. <laughs> Loosen no, your stretch receptors and fill <laughs> up your tanks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're always a pleasure to be with. Uh, where can people um, find you likewise. on your, your socials, big boy? You can find me at MJ Dempsey Psych on Instagram, Twitter, and Matthew J. Dempsey Psychotherapy on Facebook. And how about you, Alec? You can find me at Alec Mappa on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'm, the, I'm the host, the official host of the RuPaul's podcast. Yes, I think, nice, I nice, think nice. people are following us from over from there. So um, we did start this um, uh, podcast to help people. Yep. So, uh, and also to make people laugh and to yeah. create a safe space and to let you know you're not alone. So if we've, yes. if we've done that, then we're so grateful that Very. you've chosen to uh, be with us. Don't forget to download and subscribe and tune in yes. next week where we'll have more hot mess fun. Bye guys. Happy 50th. Yay. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horinige, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.